This week's episode of the Foot in the Crease podcast is sponsored by LaRose Specialty Foods and Fine Italian Bakery in Milton. It's Zeppeli season, so for the best Zeppeli you will find, make sure to check out LaRose, 327 Bronte Street South. You can visit their website at larosebakery.com and check out their Instagram page at LaRose Milton. Welcome to episode 18 of the Foot in the Crease podcast. My name is Angelo Lippa, joined as always by Michael Chikin and Taylor Prestige. Boys, how we doing? How we how we feeling? You know, it's uh, starting to heat up a little bit. Snow's starting to melt. It feels good. You know, the sun's staying out a little longer too. So, you know, things are starting to move in a nice direction. Uh, Mikey, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, Angelo. Not feeling as good as you're looking though, buddy, yeah, with that thanks, fresh buddy. haircut. <laughs> thanks, man. Looking good. Thanks, man. Taylor, what's going on, bud? Well, I was just, right before we got on here, I was admiring Mike's uh, Toronto St. Pat's toque. Mikey, where'd you get that toque from, man? So this one here I got uh, back in 2002. My uncle took me to uh, to the 75th anniversary game. That's when they wore the St. Pat's jerseys with the brown pants and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they gave they gave these toques out. I still have mine. And oddly enough, they played Buffalo that night. They tied three three. That's when they used to finish in ties. And uh, Taylor and I are actually going to see the Leafs and Sabers this weekend in the Hammer. Yeah, well, we are. Yeah, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a good game. At least, like you know, the Sabers have been playing well, and you know, you have the Leafs, you know, rolling, uh, getting ready for the postseason. So I imagine that you know, outdoor game. We've seen it already in Toronto at uh, at BMO Field. So now I think a little bit more kind of in the middle there in Hamilton, you know, it's a little bit Buffalo Sabre country too because – Oh, it's going to be 95% leaf. But, fan, yeah, man. I, I, wish I, I wish I could have come down for the game. I was <laughs> – I know. I was trying to, but just uh, some other arrangements happening at the end of the month. You're, dude, you're our, uh, you're our like, uh, resident – you know, secret Sabres fan. Yeah. Well, I, I was even going to, I was even going to wear the Josh George's Jersey for you, <laughs> you know, the great Josh George's uh, assistant captain of the Buffalo Sabres for like three seasons. Fuck. Well, Mikey asked me, he reached out and he's like, bro, like if you wear your Hashik Jersey, are you going to, should I wear my Gilmore Sabres Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Just cause a little bit of a ruckus, you know? Yeah. I, you know what, man? I have a, I have a Hashik jersey. You guys, it's even fucking, yeah, it's even more sacrilegious than a Sabres jersey. I have a Hashik Czech Republic '98. Oh, <laughs> See that? Yeah. That would have been jokes. That would have been jokes to wear to the game, though, right? Like, oh <laughs> man, I'd be like, fuck, if I come across like a border service agent, they'd revoke my passport for that, man. Buddy, oh. especially especially if you rock that hat that you're wearing right now with the. Czech <laughs> oh jersey. my god! No, it, I like I I trimmed up the beard today. I, like I was just trying to take a little bit off, but it took a bit too much off. Now I look like a ginger Abraham Lincoln, and I was like, fuck, like I gotta I gotta figure out what gear to wear so i wore my like kiev chic you know in solidarity with the ukrainians so i'm in like an adidas tracksuit with uh with this like faux fur uh uh cossack hat and uh you know our, our thoughts go out to the ukrainians but uh but we'll stay we'll still clear that today um but yeah, boys, I'm excited to excited to chat. Excited for the game on Sunday, and we got lots of trade deadline uh, chatter coming up as well. So where where are we starting today, Ange? How are you, by the way, Montreal? What's happening? Up there? Uh, man, you know what? Everything's good. I minus a few potholes that I hit every you know morning. About five Holy of them. Holy fuck! The road <laughs> updates every week. <laughs> but, hey, hey. but no, I, honestly, everything's good. Like I can't complain. Weather's been good. It's starting to get you know starting to get sunny. Starting to get a little warmer. And uh, after the winter that we sort of had, it's uh, it's a nice relief. It's a nice relief. And the Habs are playing well, too. So, you know, the energy in the cities, you know. I don't know. Like, do you want the Habs to play well, though? I, this is the confusing thing to me because, like, okay, the year the Leafs tanked, quote-unquote tanked, it was the best tank ever because they weren't that bad, but they still came in last in the league. It was kind of a, a, a year of some serious parity. I think they finished with 69 points. And – um 
they ended up getting Matthews, right? But, like, the Habs, like, they've turned it around. They've won five five of their last six, right? Yeah. Like They've been rolling. You um, guys are going to end up with the 14th pick in the draft. No, no, I wouldn't say that much, but they'll probably end up with, like, the fourth pick because of all this uh, winning they've been doing. But you know what? I, I, I said that I don't care. Like, once the trade deadline comes and goes, there'll be a lot of – there'll be players that have been kind of key, you know, figures in Montreal, they'll be gone. So I think that they'll lose a little, they'll start to lose a little bit more, but all I ever want is to at least see them be competitive. I don't care. Like when St. Louis came in, that's, that was the thing I could say, like, you know, yeah. Okay, fine. They lost five to three to Buffalo, but at least they were competitive and like they lost to Columbus and every time they've pretty much lost, at least they're competitive. That's all I'm asking, but maybe lose a little bit more because um, Shane Wright would be better in Montreal than say Phoenix. Dude, Slavkovsky, though, if he slips to, like, three or four, mm-hmm. he will be the best player to come out of this draft. Yeah. It's just because he's from Slovakia, he doesn't get mm-hmm. as much uh, love. It's like Moritz Sider, right? Like, Moritz Sider, that was, like, an off-the-board pick by Detroit when Stevie, Stevie Y, I was actually watching that draft, and everyone was like, oh, Sider, he was, uh, you know, looking to go maybe late first round, early second round, and, like, the Red Wings took him in the top ten right if not the top five um so it goes to show you from these like not necessarily you know hockey countries but not necessarily powerhouse countries like slovakia although they did just win the bronze medal in the olympics so you know they're not they're not really a non-hockey country but i digress he would be a good pickup for montreal so yeah, we'll Let's see get rolling. What are we chatting about? Well, we'll, we'll chat about uh, yours and Mikey's Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the trade deadline is obviously, you know, on its way. And uh, Toronto Maple Leafs have a bit of a, a goalie situation going on right now. Jack Campbell uh, hasn't looked as solid as he, you know, previously has. I remember last year him, you know, stringing together, I don't know how many wins in a row it was. But, you know, it sort of looked like the Leafs had – it figured out with Campbell and, you know, Campbell seemed to have figured himself out in the league after so long, you know, going through the Dallas system and even in the LA system and whatnot. And recently in the last month, you know, he's only got three wins, uh, a goals against above four, a save percentage below um, 900 for, you know, a starting goalie like him, you know, struggling. And I'm sure as Leaf fans, they can't, you know, yes, they can, the Leafs can score. They have Austin Matthews, probably the best goal scorer in the league right now, uh, leading the Rocket Richard, you know, uh, race. But you can't – I'm sure you guys can't feel too confident with the way Campbell's playing. I know Mrazic's there too, but, you know, uh, this is an all-in year for the Leafs, right? This is – Kyle Dubas has said it. It's all – they're all in. Is Are they going to ride the Campbell train all the way or, you know, with Mrazic too, or are they going to look outside – you know, maybe to Mark Andre Fleury or other goaltenders to maybe come in here and uh, sort of steer the ship and help the Leafs. You know, try and get it. You know, push into the playoffs past the first round because you know I'm sure that's what Kyle Dubas has in mind here. Um, so you're asking level of concern on the on Campbell team. and like if they might look outside of you know outside the organization to go and get someone like a Mark Andre Fleury. I mean. Yeah, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about Campbell. Concerned about Morazic as well. I just feel like if they're gonna, you'd hope that they'd look into it. But what really can they do? Like, I feel like they have other needs as well, though. Mm-hmm. Like, besides the top line, as of late, no one else has really been doing anything, mm-hmm. and uh, and the D hasn't looked great either. So. You don't, think Nylander, Nylander, you don't think you don't think like Nylander's been a little up and down, but he's brought. Like, he's been good offensively. No, so, like, the last – I want to say the last three or four games, that second line has started to produce now. Yeah. Thank God. Like, but but before that, that, that stretch before that, like, I'd say it was almost a month of of them not really doing anything. Besides Nylander putting a few in here and there, like, the rest of the line wasn't doing anything. Don't you feel a little bad for Kerfoot? Because, in my opinion, it's Kerfoot who is the only one who is showing up for that month. Yeah, and then to mix it up, they had to drop him down to the fourth line, right? Yeah. And now Robertson's up on the second line, but it seems to have woken them up. I think I think Kerfoot has played well since he's been moved down as well, though. Like obviously it sucks for him because he he was playing well, 
Um, but you put him on that fourth line, and I think that kind of does balance it out. Um, and, yeah, Robertson getting moved up has – it looks like it's woken him up because Tavares now I think has got about five points in the last few games. And yeah. Elander's putting a few in. So let's hope that this is kind of their wake-up and, and they uh, play well from here on out. But I don't know. I, I think defense and goaltending is, is the biggest concern, especially if you go, have to go into a series against Tampa and you have to play Vasilevsky, right? Like, mm-hmm. you could pepper 55 on him and only put one or two past him. You have to worry about, on your end, only allowing 20 shots, but you can have four or five go in. So, yeah. It's an obvious level of concern, but I don't know. Taylor? I think Supi, like, they got to give him a little bit of runway here because he was so good. And it, everyone goes, okay, well, you know, he's been bad for three months and he was only good for three months. No, he was great the entire calendar of 2021. Like, the whole year he was fantastic. He's obviously battling the yips a little bit. Um, his head's not in it. But from the game I saw last night, it's, I, I feel like we're starting to see signs of him turning it around. I think they've, they've, they've placed their bets. And Campbell and Mrazek, like, it's hard to move away from them. If I – if I was Dubis, I think you kind of gotta. I think you gotta kind of dance with with what you've got, and they've both proven that they can be elite NHL goalies. I just think you go get someone random. Flower's the obvious one. First of all, Flower would have to like. I, I believe he has a modified no trade clause, so he would have to agree to come to Toronto or in Edmonton. Um, there's just too many question marks for me bringing someone in I'd rather see them really make a jump at a defenseman of serious note you know um that to me if they picked up one or even two defensemen and and or like one real stud like I I don't know why they're not looking at like Mark Giordano like his name doesn't come up at all but um that's kind of my viewpoint on it Angelo so they could you think that maybe even they might turn to like, you know, you said Mark Jordana was a name that you brought up and uh, there's other defensemen sort of like Jordano, you know, obviously a little bit younger on that side of the, on the, the back end, but you know, come playoff time, it does slow down a little bit, but you know, is maybe a Jacob Chikrin or even uh, I know we mentioned last episode, Ben Sherrod could be a possibility, you know, like I know that the Leafs, you know, offensively on the back end. You're trying to sell us Ben Sherrod. No, no, no. I don't I'm, want Ben Sherrod. He sucks. Hey, you can. I don't. He's at the end of the year. Anyway, he's gone. Anyway. Don't say you can have him. You've been, <laughs> you've been pushing this dialogue as if fucking Kent Hughes listens to our podcast. Maybe he does. You don't know. But anyway, maybe like a but like Jacob Chickren is a guy that you know would fit. I think the Leafs mold and kind of how they play and you know, would be, would, you know, fill a, a huge gap in that defense core. Uh, are you Leaf fan like, are Leaf fans willing to, like, basically give up draft cap? Well, they're already giving up a lot of draft capital, but more draft capital on top of maybe, say, like a Nick Robertson. And then if they went and they found, like, a, you know, a spare part sort of player, you know, throughout the market, like a, Let's say, uh, I don't know, a Max Domi who's at the end of this contract or even, you know, if they could, you know, Thomas Hurdle, another guy kind of to plug into that second line role, like basically trying to kill two birds with one stone if it's not going to be the goalie that they're going to go with, uh, like a goalie that they're going to look after and more defense and plug forward somewhere. Dude, I don't think they touch a forward, eh, Michael? Yeah, no, no, I really hope they don't because at the same time, I really think come playoff time, you're going to have some of the veteran guys. That's when they're going to show their worth. N- not right now. Mm-hmm. Like, really, like, Toronto's probably going to finish third. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not worried about the Fords. It's, it's the defense. And, yeah, like, Giordano, I would love if they picked him up. And he did. He he played with uh, Brody in, in Calgary. Were they defense partners or not? Yeah, man. That's why I'm like, yeah, I think like, that would be fucking phenomenal. He's, and he's played in the Canadian market, and he's a, a, a seasoned vet. Like, and he's a Toronto cool. kid, and he's Calabrese. Like, it's a fucking win-win-win, man. Yeah, man. He's, he wears the A for our, our uh, Italian descendant team that we're going to put together. <laughs> <laughs> why? Who's got the C? Camilleri? 
no, not Camilleri. <laughs> Who's not got active the- players? Who's got the C, Michael? I don't know, man. Now I put you on the spot, man. It's yeah, got to be Jason Spezza. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I was thinking Spezza. Probably Spezza. Okay, sorry. Continue. Um, well, that's my train of thought. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go after a forward. No chance. Um, a d- defenseman for sure. Um, and then, I don't know. And then, yeah, again, with goaltending, like, there's no point of bringing in, like, uh, similar to Riddick last year where he's not going to play. Like, that's pointless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to bring a goalie in, I think it's got to be someone like Flurry. But, again, he's got he's got a wave and whatever Chicago would want for him. So, I think they're going to they're gonna ride with, with the two they have. And, and Mrazek, here's the tricky thing, is, like, if they go in that direction, Mrazek has to go because he carries such a big cap hit. Like, he's yeah. at, I think, $3.5 a year. There, the only thing, like, there's one main thing, too, with Mrazic I don't trust, and I said this to Taylor, is the fact that he's got home and away pads. What the fuck is the deal with that? <laughs> what? Just wear one set of pads, man. <laughs> when they're at home, he wears blue pads. When when they're on the road, he's got a white set. Oh, my God. Just wear one fucking pair. I don't what like is- the blue thing. Dude, his, uh, his outdoor game pads look sick, though. Have you seen those? Who, who do you think plays on Sunday in the outdoor uh, game? I hope it's Soupy, but Mrazic's pads look dope. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, uh, I hope we don't, don't see Mrazic, though, and those pads because Soupy gets fucking pulled. Oh. Why would you put that energy out there, man? No, it's out there anyways. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> No, Tr- Toronto will win Sunday after getting embarrassed at home last Dude, week. Dude, it's going to be a, like a 9-6 win for Toronto. <laughs> hey? is, it, is it supposed oh, to yeah. snow? Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. Are they calling for snow on Sunday, Mikey? Yeah, they are. As, as of this morning, I ch- I've been checking every day. The only thing is, like, I actually – I thought it was going to be a little warmer – and I'm okay with it being warm. Like, it would be awesome if it was, like, I don't know, five degrees or something. But as long as it's not uh, – oh, yeah, they're calling for zero degrees. So, yeah, it'll be fun, man. I can't wait. It. I just didn't want to go – I was pumped that they scheduled it. I know we're bouncing back and forth. But I'm pumped that they scheduled it uh, for March. Because, like, if it was the end of January when it, we ha- we're having those minus 20 days, like, no one wants to fucking do that, man. It's too I cold. Know. And, and they waited till like, literally the day of the time change. So it'll be bright out till 7 o'clock. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Good point. Angela, you ever been to an outdoor game? or? I have not. I've, I've always wanted to go. A uh, couple of years back when the Canadians played the Bruins, I wanted to go. But just – Tickets were astronomical and uh, in Boston. Of, in Boston, yeah, because they were playing in Foxborough, right? Uh, oh, really? So, yeah, that was uh, a few years. Who did ago. they play at Fenway? Was that the Philly game? It was either Phil. Uh, it was either Philadelphia or Chicago that they played. Oh, maybe it was Chicago. Yeah, I forget. I forget who though. But uh, yeah, that was. I've always wanted to go to one, and unfortunately, just. Yeah, I never. It's never been able to line up properly, and plus the Canadians really have only played in. Well, they've played in four of them, but two of them were in Alberta, and I'm not going out to Alberta. It's right. freaking cold, and the other one was in Ottawa, and I don't really want to go to Ottawa right now. It's Mike's not- only been to the KHL All Star Game in front of the Kremlin. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, yeah. No more Russia Ukraine. Talks. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, you know. What about you, Mike? What, have I been to an outdoor game? Yeah, and, you know, causing a ruckus out front of the Guns N' Roses concert in 2009 <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> no, I have not been to an outdoor game, so looking forward to it. I have, I have some jokes. So I have been to an outdoor game. What are the odds of this? It was also in Hamilton. And buckle up. It was at Iberwind Stadium. Leafs versus Habs alumni because it was a Bulldogs baby leaf game at Iverwin. Oh. <laughs> wow. I remember when they did that. That, that was a fun, that was a good game too. They played a good game out there. It was like I, I, I didn't really watch the AHL game, but it, mm-hmm. it was like the day before they had the alumni game. And it was actually a good alumni game because mm-hmm. uh the guys weren't that old. Like Cujo was a net for the Leafs and like he had just retired two years mm-hmm. prior or whatever. Oh wow. Uh, like Dougie was buzzing around pretty good. Like Wendell Clark like yeah, it was it was it was uh 
I don't know. To be honest, it kind of sucked, but whatever. Well, because was Bears in uh, out there or, or no? No, nah, it's just like it's just I just can't get into the celebrity games. The like the mystique of seeing your old like you know the the guys that you loved as a kid is gone by like the end of warmups, right? And then you still got to sit around for three hours and watch guys play pickup. Yeah. Well, and that's what it is because they're older. It's like the older guys playing beer league now, right? Like, yeah, essentially yeah. that's that's what it is. So and that's what it was. So it was it was cool. I I don't know. I sound like sour grapes. It was cool, but like I said, the the, the odd thing is that it's on the same grounds that is the only other time I saw a game, and I just wanted to go because uh, when are we ever going to see an outdoor game in Hamilton ever again? Like, I don't know. Probably very rare that it ever happens because. I'm sure they're like the Leafs will eventually host. They'll host another outdoor game at BMO Field. The capacity they have the capacity there. Everything you know works out. But in terms of being at you know in Hamilton and everything kind of working out like it has, I don't think you'll you'll get that for you know a little while now. What maybe ten years? They might do it again. Maybe run it back, but you'll you won't see it again. It'll be pretty depends cool. on how successful the game is, right? Yeah. So. But you know, I, I it's going to be successful because. You have a lot of Leaf fans that are going to travel to Hamilton to go and watch it. It's not like you're going, you know, four or five hours away. Like if they were playing in Chicago or, you know, even Boston, Detroit, that's, yeah. that's, you know, it's far. But Hamilton's down the road for a lot of Leaf fans or some of it is just like a 10-minute drive. So they might they might bring it back, though, to get more Sabres fans. So <laughs> it could happen in a couple of years because, because of COVID, like Sabres fans – coming over the border would have to, you know, do the ta- the COVID rapid tests and yada, yada, yada. It's a bit of an ordeal. So the only Sabres fans I guarantee you we see, Mike, are like Hamilton and Niagara area. Buffalo oh, absolutely. Fans, right? Absolutely. So. Bitter. And they're going to be bitter as fuck. Oh, buddy. <laughs> if you wore your Gilmore jersey, you'd have so many brethren that show up. Like, you and the other 30 fans would be oh, like. Oh, yeah. And the classic black ones, too. How do, yeah. how do you guys feel about the, the Leafs? Uh, whatever. What, is, what are they calling this? Like, a outdoor, just an outdoor game? Like, Heritage Classic? What it, is it's it? a Heritage Classic. Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you feel about the, the Leafs jerseys? Because I've seen a lot of, like, you know, mixed reviews. Like, this is all they, this is all they pulled off for. You know, they they could go in so many other directions because they've had, you know, alternative jerseys through the year. It hasn't been just the standard. I've got no comment. The Leafs c- communications team has been friendly to me, so no comment. I, I actually I, – I don't know. I like them. I'm not – like, I get why they're wearing them. They were the Toronto arenas. But, yeah, you'd hope that they'd go for one of their classic, like, Leaf jerseys. Like, I've always wanted them – I've always wanted to see them bring back that – that 70s 80s jersey like similar to the the reverse retro they did last year with the white down the arm yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. that that actual one like that vibe that like sittler uh landy mcdonald era jersey but i like yeah. the old old jersey like the one because the logo they have now they went back to essentially is like an adaptation of the alter, alternate jersey that they wore all through the 90s and 2000s as well. Yeah. But like that really original one that's like a really realistic looking maple leaf that like from the 30s, like Con Smythe era, that's the one that I would love to see them. But I also love the St. Pat's look. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of teams having like a different set of colors for an alternate jersey, but I think the St. Pat's is just so sharp. There's also no team in the NHL with that color look right because like the wild have their own thing with the red and then like the dallas stars who the fuck knows what color green they are every day of the week it changes you know but the st pat's just sick yeah you can bring it anyway. back all right what are we what are we moving on to uh well we'll move on to another team that's uh you know struggling uh mightily they uh they are kind of embarrassed on saturday by the montreal canadians and uh, that is uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl's Edmonton Oilers. Oh, shit. Uh, a team that, you know, has what seems to be no direction. They don't have much outside of those two guys. And uh, their goaltending situation currently might be one of the worst in the NHL. And that includes the Montreal Canadiens with Sam Montembeau and Kanan Primo. Um, what's the deal with the Oilers? Are they 
you know, are they just going to keep wasting Connor McDavid until basically free agency hits for him? And then he says, peace, I'm out. I'm going to whoever wants to pay me the most money in the oh, league. You know where he's going, Angelo. Yeah, I know exactly where he's going, and I don't want to see it, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. So, um, yeah. you know, it, are the Edmonton Oilers, you know, I, we mentioned Marc-Andre Fleury being an option, but and could that be an option for them? Like, I really don't know what the Oilers. They're kind of this fucking team that just is there, and they're like their only reason they're not a lottery team is because they have the best player in the NHL and a top ten. Uh, sorry, a top five player in the NHL in Leon Drysaitel. Ah, uh, you see, I, I even if you add a guy like Flurry, like I, I don't think that makes much of a difference because I I still think they gave up way too many high end chances. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like, I guess Toronto does too late, but not to bring back to Toronto. But, like, the Oilers, I don't think just a goaltender will, will make a difference. Like, I I don't think the team's good enough. Like, yeah, they can – they're high-flying. They can score a lot, but they don't play responsibly at all. Um, and you saw the other night against Calgary. Like, Calgary's a, a top to bottom. Like, that's a solid team. You know what I mean? you got guys that know what roles they're playing and, and they're okay doing certain things, and the Oilers just don't have that. Um, and I fucking love to see it because I hate the fucking Oilers. So, but I, I don't think just a goaltender will solve it. And I think I don't think they'll make. I don't know. It's hard to say. There's still quite a few games left, but I, I can very well see them missing out. And, and yeah, you're gonna get to a point where McDavid's like he's how old is he now? Twenty five. Twenty five this year. Yeah, I think. Like I would say you're in your prime, like twenty four to what. 24 to 27 28 like he's he's got to be looking around saying like kind of what the fuck's going on here so yeah i don't know taylor what's your take on them i don't know like it's interesting because they, they have developed internally like you know all their players especially their up-and-coming guys like yamamoto and pulley like they're all guys they've drafted and developed even mcdavid and dry right and nurse um and then they brought in these guys, right? Like Zach Hyman and Tyson Berry and Cody CC, And uh, I think they're looking at Leo Komarov and Mike Komisarek and maybe uh, Peter Mrazek to maybe stop the puck for the, I don't fuck. They, they're picking up all the leaf scraps, but like, I don't know, man. They, there's uh, something just doesn't click there. And it, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Darnell Nurse, I think, is a hell of a defenseman. And Tyson Berry is one of the best, like, offensive – like, pure offensive defensemen. I'd say he's a top 15 in the league. Um, I don't hate – like, if you look at their roster and, you know, I was just looking through their stats this year. Like, even Zach Hyman, like, he's got 37 and 51. Like, that is Zach Hyman numbers, you know. Like, they just – something fucking stinks about this team and I don't know what it is. Is it as simple as a goaltending fix? Could be, you know, Koskinen, you know, he went to that Finnish media and he's, he basically spewed shit about his experience in Edmonton at the moment. And he's their main guy. So like, does that permeate through the dressing room? I, I'm not really sure. It's hard to say, man, because, like, the Leafs are in a similar boat. Like, the Leafs really haven't had any goaltending since Christmas. Again, sorry to bring it back to Toronto all the time. But the team is good enough to fucking keep winning. Um, Whereas Edmonton just sucks. So, I would feel a little bit bleak if I was an Oilers fan. But I think it's starting to get to that time where it's like, Christ, you could get a King's Ransom for one of those top two guys. I know – is but like that that has to be some sort of an option that they consider because you'd have to man at like, this point how, you'd have to how can you continue to go through you know this whole thing like they are I watched them on Saturday it's like yes it's Connor McDavid's an all world player and so is Leon Dreisaitl and you know okay you added Evander Kane but really what else is there I I, I watched this team it's like there's no there's no defensive structure. You know, goaltending is – yeah, Mike Smith is a decent goalie, but he's also, what, on the other side of 40? Like, you're, you're asking a lot of a, a 40-year-old. Yeah, Angel, if you're, if you're McDavid, like how many more years like this are you willing mm-hmm. to fucking play through? Because he's been in the league five, six mm-hmm. years now. 
Like it's 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 like maybe what a better better situation than Eichel's been in, but it's really not that great because it's like, you know, you're not really shit like like Buffalo was, but you're still not a real contender. You're okay, you might make the playoffs, but your reward is what? You get to play Calgary in the first round and you know, uh, Calgary's a much more complete lineup with, you know, top to bottom offense, good defensively and a goalie who can steal you a playoff series, playoff uh, playoffs just in general. You know, it, it's pretty Dude, You got to you got to take dry sidle. Mm-hmm. and s- send him to a team with a very good goalie and some great top-end prospect – not prospects, but, like, young, great players mm-hmm. and bring him back because they're not going anywhere without any goaltending. But with that said, we'd like to welcome now our TSM Bar Down insider, Christian Marin. Christian. Hello, boys. Do you have any answers for us regarding the Edmonton Oilers? Because uh, we don't have any answers. And Christian, you can't say fucking Marty Turco, eh? Bring Marty Turco. <laughs> I was actually just coming on here to try to sell some of my players before the fantasy deadline expires. So uh, <laughs> that's what I was really coming to talk to you guys about. But who do you have then? I don't know. There's not much left. I'm out of dra- <laughs> draft picks. John Ryder has all mine. You and you and Dom Leeds have just pl- you know. Just throwing everybody else here. Take this guy, take this guy, take this guy. Just give us the picks and we'll move forward. Thank you very much. The, the craziest thing is this is like the first year ever where pretty much all eight teams are locked in that are going to the playoffs. And like we still have like six weeks left, man, before man. the playoffs. Every single time I win, I'm like sick. I'm going to win this week. And then I look and everyone I need to catch also won by like the same amount of points. So it's just like never ending, not catching up. Yo, what do you want from Nico Rantanen? No, he's. I can't sell him. Okay, what about Cider? Uh, he's getting. He's already got traded. He's in a deal with Frat. Freaking okay, frat, boys, man. boys. What All right, back to the Oilers. What was the question about the Oilers? <laughs> <laughs> We're just discussing the Oilers and how fucking shite they are. And if terrible. Yeah, like, do you think it's just goaltending, or do you think it's more than that? More than that. Hundred percent. Like depth, defense, like they they haven't built the right guys in depth for those. Like you have two of the best players in the world. I came on, you guys are talking about like moving Drysdale somewhere better. Good team with someone like Drysdale could go very far, but a bad team as we see in the others with Drysdale like David don't don't do very much. And I honestly, it's it's a depth thing for me, like a forward depth thing. They have no goaltending we've talked about before maybe marty turco was my surprise answer to turn them around but their goaltending and like forward depth to me is what stands out big time for for the oilers like christian you got you got quite the quaff going on today buddy look at you (laughs) fantastic man when i met you you looked more like Michael does now, and when I met like Christian does now. Well, thank you. Yeah. No, that's a good point, though. Like, Dreisaitl surely – and it, it sounds extreme, but, like, Mike, wouldn't you say, like, fuck, if you – you could get so much for him, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, you could get a goalie – a number two to three defenseman and a, a high-end top six player. Well, imagine you move both of them. No, David, man, you can't, they, they can't they do it. They have, they, have have they have to let McDavid what? If they miss the playoffs this year and if McDavid does not say, get me the hell out of here, then I don't know what's wrong with them. Like, because it doesn't matter what they do. How many coaches have they gone through? Yeah, I just like, like, go through the whole fucking thing again. Pajama boy that we did with Tavares. We know he's coming to Toronto. It's just Edmonton, like the the whole northern part of Alberta's gonna fucking explode, man. Like, but it's McDavid, Matthews, and Stamkos as like your three like centers right down, you know, your depth chart. It's gonna be dangerous. Stamkos shut the hometown playing. discount, didn't you hear? <laughs> <laughs> gonna play for seven hundred fifty thousand. Petrangelo and D. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't wanna, 
I'm, no, but I'm, I'm, what you're saying though, Taylor, they like I'm just thinking like like imagine you trade Drysaddle and get those pieces like a goalie and some depth and like Connor McDavid is obviously good enough where you can still build around him as your piece and get that extra depth, sign some players. I mean, look at some of the guys that Crosby's played with over the years. Some some you don't even remember, and they still have like you know those fifty point seasons playing alongside them. They ought to get guys that can skate with these guys and. See, that's a difference. For a package would be pretty wild, but, but that, for the that's, right pieces. The difference is so Crosby and Malkin and, and Latang back there, like those guys were fucking winners, man. Yeah. yeah. Like they are. McDavid, Three cups, man. Three cups. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and like Darnell Nurse, like they're fucking losers, all three of them, man. They fucking buckle under pressure. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's fucking true. It's fucking true. Dude, every year at the key to ballot pre-COVID, we'd run into Connor McDavid, like partying in Muskoka. I kind of wish that you say, said that to him. Like, <laughs> you three guys are fucking losers. <laughs> well, I sit here in my basement with my fucking St. Pat's piece <laughs> looking like a bag of shit. But like, no, man. Like, I, I yeah. No, they just, they don't have, I don't know. There, there's something there that's not clicking. Like, they can't get over the hump. Like, Toronto's the same way. Like, fuck. You lost in Erie. You lost for the fucking York Simcoe Express. And now you're losing for the Oilers, Connor. You know what, though, Mikey? Like, well, you, know, needs, I, you know what it is? He needs, like, what I was hearing. Uh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, Lippa. But quick, like, I was hearing that Oilers were, or he was pushing for the Oilers to make a move for Connor Brown get his old fucking line mate back. Is that an actual thing? Or are you just talking shit? What? No, that's an actual thing. Watch. Watch around deadline time for my fucking sources. <laughs> right. Angela, what were you going to say? I, I was going to say, I know you, you said, you know, like they're like the Leafs, you know, they haven't really, but you know what? The Leafs, like they were, they've been in every playoff series they've ever, you know, they've, they've played in as, this core currently assembled. Yeah, but they fucking what, lost them all. Don't, what, don't patronize the Hang on, let me figure. Whereas, like, the, the Oilers got dusted last year. They shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. And this year, they're on the cusp of not making it because Anaheim and what? Uh, who else is in there? Anaheim and Vancouver aren't too far behind. You know, they, they could catch them. And, and, and if you're asking me, you know, who has a better chance of making the playoffs right now, Vancouver or – uh, Edmonton, I'm going to say Vancouver because they got a better goalie. They have more depth up front and on the back end, and they have a better coach in Bruce Brujo. And it's shown since he's came, he's come over uh, after they fired Travis Green that they've had success. They've lost, what, maybe four games? Well, you don't like James Woodcroft? The... He's okay, but he, I look at him. I don't see a guy that's going to win. A, does he look like a Stanley Cup winner? No. Yeah, and the Edmonton Oilers aren't a Stanley Cup team. They're one of the worst teams in Canada. You know, like me and Christian were talking uh, this week about another disappointing team, the Winnipeg Jets. Another group that, you know, really are they that good too? Like, you know, Maurice will turn him around. He always does. He's not even there. He's gone. He's gone. Like Edmonton's kind of, you know, they're just they're literally dumpster dumpster fire. They're, and, but they're fucking losers. They are. They are losers. They need to bring it. They need a culture change, man. They need. They need to bring in Claude Julian. Why not bring in Shea Weber's contract? See if that'll help. The leadership. All right, let's talk about the trade deadline, man. The Oilers yeah. are depressing. <laughs> we'll talk about the trade deadline, Christian. Uh, since you are a Bardon insider, and uh, you know we know you have all the inside scoops. Uh, give us, you know. Your most shocking player probably be uh, traded away this trade deadline and where they might be going. Do you have uh, do you have the uh, TSN trade bait oh, board up, man? Got it, it's got it stapled to his desk right now. An entire wall yeah. right now. <laughs> no, you'd never cover up that mural of Darren Dragger you have on the wall. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> um, most shocking. I'm sticking with Klingberg. I don't think Klingberg's getting traded. I don't think so either. Why, why do you not think so, though? I think they're going to get – with the way the stars work, I think they're either going to get something done in the offseason or they're going to let them walk for free because that's just how they work. <laughs> they're like, oh, we'll just let you walk and sign someone who's 40. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, but they're, 
like they're they're looking to make a push though. Like I'd keep them. I'd keep them also. Like oh no, absolutely. But like that's the whole talk is that that he might be moved because I mean that's also just talking where we are because they're also talking about Joe Pavel. I saw Joe Pavelski like Leafs should look at him and it's like. Do people not understand the stars are literally right there in the push and Joe Pavelski is like their leader. I know his contract's up, but if they're going to make a push with what they have now and they're right there in the playoffs, like, I don't You say the Leafs are looking at him? I saw somewhere online saying Pavelski would be a fit at the deadline. I don't want any more San Jose Shark fucking (laughs) losers on the fucking Leafs, man. Like, holy fuck. Dan Boyle is going to be the next signing. Dude, but again, like, the Leafs don't need scoring. They need to keep the puck out of their net. They've scored, like, 100 goals in the last week, you know? Pavelski's sick, though. Like, he'll help anyone. But who do you think's like, a guarantee to move? You would think Claude Giroux, no? The way everything's going, it seems like he's, his time's up in Philly. I don't know where he'll land, but I think his time's up. There's apparently a bunch of uh... – uh, scouts, uh, Panthers, Panther scouts. It's looking like he might go to Florida, right? Like Drew with the Panthers would be nasty because that team's already so ridiculous. With, Dude, Toronto's gonna face scoring. them in the first round. It's gonna be a fucking nightmare. Tor- <laughs> Toronto's outlook right now is not looking good for <laughs> their first round matchups. <laughs> Angelo, enough. Okay, what? What did I do? I didn't do anything. It's not me. Honestly, the playoff structure is so fucking stupid. Like. Really? Like, they're going to play really Tampa in the first round? Like Angelo's oh. fucking chuckling like at, like he used to after he drank fucking a box of Bud Light Limes looking at the prosciutto in my fridge. <laughs> Here he comes. <laughs> like, we get it, Angelo. At least we're going to the fucking playoffs. Hey. Right, Lippa's going to have back-to-back years of laughing at us. Last year, Montreal going all the way to the finals, knocking the Leafs out. And then this year, Montreal is going to get the first overall pick. Leafs are going to get bounced in the first round, and Lip is going to have that fucking smile on his face. That's the first episode. First episode back after the Leafs get dumped. It's just going to be me smiling the whole time. Yeah. And then the, the Habs are going to take their fucking GM son with the first overall fucking No, pick, no. They'll take, him, they'll take him with the second first-round pick that they get for probably Ben Sherrod or Arturn. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you got to get off the radios in Montreal, bro. <laughs> no, it's true. They're trading these guys. You're not getting a first-round fucking pick from anybody for Ben Chirot. I'll put money on it. Yeah, those oh. two names that just came out of your mouth, I don't hear a first-round pick coming the first back. First-rounder. Is it Ben Chirot? Didn't they just put him on, like, long-term IR or something? No. <laughs> Dude, this, this show we do is so fucking stupid sometimes, man. <laughs> Believe it. <laughs> okay, who else is getting traded here, Christian? Honestly, there's going to be no trade, trade deadline. Just maybe two. Giroux to the, to the Panthers and whoever picks up Ben Giroux for a first-round pick. <laughs> so the Leafs, basically. Yeah. No, honestly, the two guys I mentioned before with the Leafs that everyone keeps talking about with the Leafs is both Manson and Shikrit. And mm-hmm. the Leafs need a defenseman. I'm not saying that. I'd love I'd either of those guys, man. Yeah, like, both of those guys would be a huge upgrade. A guy like Manson would be nice for a team like the Leafs, who are very soft. So, um, are you like, saying you saying Justin Hall's soft? <laughs> Well, well, I'll tell you, well, having Lebushkin, the Bush. Well, Bushkin can't fight everybody. <laughs> you, see, you see Justin Hall get just, just fucking jacked last night. That was a good look. Dude, Anyways. this fucking team, man. Every, every day I turn one, it, like, step by step closer into Steve Dangle. Like, that's who I'm becoming. And I fucking hate that. I hate that. <laughs> You're just gonna start yelling at things. Yeah. Like, why does it? Why does it hurt so much? Yeah. Yep. Oh. Okay. No, well, I that's think... our TSN bar down insider, Christian Mayer. Like, huh? 
Also, Taylor, text me uh, an email that I can send you an e-transfer for twenty dollars for the Arizona. Oh! <laughs> oh. You didn't have to bring that up, Christian. All right. Hey, so I'm, a man of, I'm a man of my word. So much gases I, right now, man. It's I know. $2. I know. Dude, so, we oh. didn't even look at it. It's not, it's, it's like the beginning of March and you guys lost the bet already. I'm proud to make it all the way to March. I, hey, I can't believe they hung seven on Detroit though. Last nine. Night. Nine. Sorry. Not seven. Sorry. Wow. They, they have nine and eight over their last two. Yeah. So I'll gladly pay up the $20 on them going on the over that way. Dude, side note, what the fuck is up with Nedeljkovic? I guess a Carol- playing in front of Detroit's defense is different than playing in front of Carolina's. Yeah. Again, Defense Jack Campbell, only- look at the defense he's been playing in front of for the last three months, right? Yeah. Nedeljkovic just has cider in front of him and that's it. Like the rest can go. Um, Peronek's good too. He well will be good. He might, he might be able to go soon, too, with that team. They're going to have some nice money to spend, though. Brandon's back, too. He scored in his, in his return. That team has some nice young players. Adelkovic is getting used to a major workload in front of a bad team. Not a bad team, but a worse team than the Hurricanes were. And, I mean, I still think – I think Sider is going to win, win the Rookie of the Year. Sorry for bunting – in the Leafs, he's the old, he's the oldest guy on their line, NHL veteran Michael Bunting. So, um, I think Cider is going to win the Calder. They got some nice young pieces there, but yeah, that's another team that's got to change up some some of their defensive. Yeah, the Hurricanes are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. I think the Florida Panthers. Oh. <laughs> you know what? You know what? They were part of my my preseason picks. Here, so hey, hey, can I ask, here, here's a question for you, Taylor. Uh, sorry, uh, Christian, about uh, the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Will Bobrovsky be the starting goalie after Game Two Ooh. in the first round? Because we've seen his history of uh, choke jobs outside of the one year that he actually won a playoff series. But we saw last year kind of, you know, just sort of gave it away and, and made way for Spencer Knight. So will he get past game two of the first round this year? I'm going to say yes, because before the season, I said Spencer Knight's going to have his moment and take over. It's been a bit opposite. So I'm going to say Bobrovsky's going to be the man of the playoffs. He's got probably the best team he's ever had in front of him, and he's going to ride them to the Stanley Cup. Angelo's been saying the same thing about Carter Carter uh, no, for five come years. Come on, man. I didn't think I didn't think Philly was gonna be that bad this year. Me neither. Dude, Angelo, you are absolutely glowing with your hair dude today. Thank like, you, what's man. going no, on? I, yeah, you look fresh. Very I've been fresh. I've been staring at you a bit, Angelo. <laughs> you look you, fucking buddy. great, buddy. Thanks, man. Thank like, you. Like, did you get laid today, man? Like, what's up? <laughs> no, with- I, I worked ten hours, came home eight. And I uh, jumped on with you. What you so. what you eat, bro? Uh, uh, chicken with um, mozzarella and fucking tomatoes and some pasta. <laughs> wow, uh-huh. <laughs> you're not what, Italian. What region? You? What region are those from? The fucking tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> the cook it region of my fucking of my dropped off meal every other week. <laughs> Man, that's so weird, Andrew. I really pinned you as a pad thai kind of guy. Oh no, I was feeling sushi, but uh, fucking right. I thought you'd be whipping up a stir fry when you got home. (laughs) I don't have that time, man. I don't have that that energy after a week. I'm just fucking kidding, man, Angelo. We know it's pasta. I know you do, (laughs) you fucking meatball. Jesus. You know what? Quick, quick stat. I was thinking of uh, earlier when you said Carolina winning the cup this year. If Carolina wins a cup this year. That'll be five times a Florida State team has won a Stanley Cup before the Leafs have won a round, eh? Think about that for a second. Tampa's won three since the last time they won a round. And Florida and, – and if uh, Carolina wins this year, they'll have two. Bro, you know what I take solace in, though? You know what I take solace in? Where are most of those players from? Ontario, right? So it's basically like we've won those Cups. Oh, yeah, yeah. The- Michael, did you say a Florida-based team and include Carolina in that in there? Yeah, you're right. I did say that. 
It's close enough. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> in the same region. Wow. They don't even play in the same division, but whatever. Yeah, my bad, eh? Uh, so, hey, the stat's still impressive, <laughs> just rolling with the Lightning and, and the Panthers if they win, or even just the Lightning. No, no, anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> Five times, Christian. Five times, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, maybe need uh, a map of the United States. I think. Yeah. Well, that's our TSM Bar Down Insider, Christian Mayer. And Christian, thanks for joining us. Great to see you guys. I might not be able to make it to the next one. I'm off to Carolina, Florida. So uh, <laughs> I might be able to call in. Christian, send me a trade offer. Love you. Bye. Guys, send them away. I'm, I'm paying attention to it all day. Right. Before it's too late. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Later. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you to our Bardon Insider, Christian Marin, for joining us. Always, uh, always a pleasure. Uh, we will transition now to through Quick Shifts, the part of the show that we talk about other sports, not just hockey. And uh, let me look at my list here of what I got. Uh, the Super Team. We'll start off with them. The Super Team. Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, absolutely dumped by Real today in Champions League and uh, basically put them out of uh, basically the only thing that they're actually trying to win and they continue to fail at. So I will ask you gentlemen, not about the failures of uh, Paris Saint-Germain, but what is the biggest failure that you can remember from a Champions League qualifier, Champions League uh, championship match, whatever it might be. And I will start with Michael, who's the bigger of the soccer fans, while I let Taylor conjure up in his mind with his hat. But I will say the biggest failure is the last three times Leo Messi's been on a team with the lead heading into the second leg, they've bottled it. Uh, Barcelona blew uh, a 4-1 lead against Roma going into the second leg. Roma came back, knocked out Barcelona. Barcelona, same thing. Three-goal lead against Liverpool going into the second leg. Bottled that one. And then today, uh, PSG scored first in today's game. Went up 2 nothing on aggregate. And in the second half, uh, they lost it. So, uh, I think that's uh, that's been a major one. The last three times Messi's had a lead in knockout stage, he's, all three have been lost. So, that's what I will go with. Taylor? Well... I was just looking here, like, the thing about Real Madrid, it's funny because I'm used to, like, the Real Madrid of years past where they were absolutely stacked nose-to-nose against Barca. But they've got – they're an older roster, but, like, they got guys who can win. We were talking about, you know, how teams just find a way to win. Like, Luka Modric is a winner. You know, Benzema is a winner. Tony Cruz is a winner. So, they're not really – like, obviously, I mean – Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe are like three of the top five players in the world, right? Donnarumma is probably the best goalie in the world. Uh, you know, it, yes, it's a huge upset, but like if you go back into history, like there's years that teams have won that had no business winning. Like I'm just looking here, Dinamo Kiev for the third time, bringing up Ukrainian team beat Real Madrid in 99, uh, Bate Borisov, which I think is a Bulgarian team. I've never even heard of them. Beat Bayern Munich in 2012. You know, a team from Kazakhstan, Ruben Kazan, beat Barcelona in 2019. So big upsets will happen. Um, What I think is borderline the bigger story here is like how um, a team of like older like how the old guard, the guys who just know how to get it done, showed up today, in my opinion. So, yeah. yeah. Ange? Well, I'm sure Mike probably knows about this or who I'm going to go with or what I'm going to go with. But uh, I need to take you back to 2005. A team named AC Milan up 3 nothing, heading into halftime of the, champion, of, the, of the finals and blowing a lead to Liverpool and losing – in the fashion that they did with the team that they had, having uh, Alessandro Nesta, having Paolo Maldini, having Pirlo and Gattuso and Shevchenko and everybody. 
Shevchenko was on that team. That was, yeah, that team was that team was a freaking great team. Gattuso right. too, man. Wow. And to, have, and to have squandered that that chance of you know capturing, I think what would have been their eighth uh, Champions League title, that is probably forever like ingrained in my head having watched it because it's like you're up three nothing. It's it's over. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. But, but Lippa and. and- all fairness, the very next year, AC Milan beat Liverpool in the final. I know, but to get their revenge. But yeah, that that one game, that's got to be one of the biggest comebacks in a final yeah. in history. Yeah, I don't think we've ever ever seen. Well, we've we've seen things like that, but like on that level of that stage and that importance of a game, you know, to blow it like that, that one, that one, that one hurts still to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on. Uh, on Monday it was. No, it wasn't Monday. No, sorry, yesterday. Tuesday. Tuesday was International Women's Day. And uh, we know in the world of sports how uh, the women are slowly taking over and how well they are doing in positions of power. We see it, you know, coaching and management and also the athletes as well. So, gentlemen, I ask you, even including hockey, because, you know, it's one of the great sports in this country, who is the greatest female athlete, in your opinion, of all time? And Taylor, I will start with you. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I always bring her up because I'm I'm close with her. But Haley Wickenheiser, in my opinion, is just the greatest ever. But um, because she's my cop out answer always, I'll try and kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, I think. I mean, it's tough, right? Like Billie Jean King always comes up. Serena Williams always comes up. But uh, I don't know, man. It's such a hard one. If you have one ready to go, Michael, you go. I'm going to go a bit off the board and go with Cheryl Miller. Reggie Miller's sister. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. basketball player. Yeah, and for the longest time, the chirp to Reggie Miller was always, oh, isn't that Cheryl's brother? Yeah. Like when he got drafted and like, she was a beast, man. And, and for women's sport, especially at that time, like she just completely dominated um, and all the awards that she won and then eventually went on into broadcasting and whatnot. But she was um, one of the biggest names in, in women's professional basketball. One that was kind of like a household name. Right. Um, so I'm going to go with, with uh, Cheryl Miller. And then there's a bit of a Seinfeld reference in there where, uh, they're they're talking about Reggie Miller and and they're asking who that is and Elaine says oh you're talking about Cheryl Miller's brother so, <laughs> so uh, yeah I'll, I'll go with her Angelo who, wait who, wait wait let me okay. jump in I I've got, I'm gonna go with Christine Sinclair because ah uh, yes good call Haley you know Haley's uh, I'm just so biased I'm trying to not say her um, so Christine Sinclair it's always funny when the um, People get corrected and they say, uh, oh, Ronaldo's the has the most goals in international uh, soccer history. And uh, the answer is actually no. It's Christine Sinclair who has the most by like 50. Yeah. So she's just like uh, just the greatest ever, greatest ever female soccer player. And I don't even think it's close. And, and, and it, it is the global game. And um, – I don't think she gets enough love for what she's accomplished. So I'm going to go with Christine Sinclair. Angelo? Uh, well, you mentioned the name and uh, Serena Williams. And uh, that's the one I'm going to go with because I can't think of a female tennis player to have dominated the way she has for as long as she has. She's got 23 Grand Slam titles, uh, you know, at every level, like she's ever like from when she stepped into the sport, you know, basically as like a teenager, she's been, you know, one of those, one of those tennis players that is kind of, you know, taking the game by storm. And if you ever think of someone that could play at the men's level, she is somebody that I think could have, can compete at the men's level, maybe not, you know, be the dominant force that she is on the female side, but, to compete with the Djokovic's and the Nadal's and the Federer's, the power she has, it's it's unparalleled compared to other female tennis players. And I think that she could be somebody that could 
you know, play in the men's game, you know, be successful in the men's game and, you know, uh, just kind of change, like, you know, be that, you know, next echelon. We'll never see it because now she's, she's older, right? She's not the. the I'd love to see it though. I'd love to see her do like an exhibition or something. I don't know. I'm sure she has, but. I'm sure she, I'm sure like, you know, maybe as she gets a little older and she kind of, you know, retires fully from, from tennis and just sort of is on the circuit. We could see her play maybe against a Roger Federer or a Rafa Nadal, you know, because those are really some of the elite. They're two of the elite of all time, best of all time in on the men's side. So uh, my answer is Serena Williams. Uh, she's. Although she did. I, I think your answer is great, Angelo. Mm-hmm. Although she was pretty fucking sour grapes over Bianca Andreescu. Oh yeah. Well, Hey, you know, that was hilarious. It's one, I think the, the U S open, I, I am sure holds a, a, a special place in, its, in her heart. I think it's the one she's won the most too. If I'm not mistaken, that yeah, the, yeah, it's that or Wimbledon. She's won the most. She wasn't happy with that loss. No, no, I don't. Hey, it's the competitor. That's the drive in him, right? Right. They don't like to lose. And uh, we will wrap up as uh, this week. Uh, I think it was Monday actually was National Cereal Day. And oh, uh, who God, doesn't? Like, hey, you gotta have a food question here at some point. You know that's coming. <laughs> so uh, since Taylor's so enthusiastic about it, I'll start with Mikey. Mikey. Give me your top three cereals of all time, starting with three, working your way up to one. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go uh, Fruit Loops at number three. <laughs> yeah. No, number no shocker there. <laughs> <laughs> number, number two, uh, coming in with Honey Nut Cheerios. And number one, the classic Corn Flakes. Corn, corn Flake guy, eh? Yeah, man, the classic cornflakes with just a little bit of milk so that they're crunchy. That's my scene, man. <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna, I'll jump in here. Believe it or not, I'm not a cereal guy. I never have been. But, but, up in, uh, recently, because my son Leo eats three or four, we call it third breakfast, fourth breakfast, fifth breakfast. Like, he eats the smallest dinner, but he crushes breakfast and lunch. Like, he just destroys it. And he eats Cheerios. Daddy, I eat Cheerios. Cheerios? Daddy, Cheerios? I have Cheerios. And uh, so I've started, like, he started making me eat Cheerios with him. And I'm not going to lie. They're pretty fucking good, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll chuck in a couple of fucking berries, maybe, if things are getting crazy. You know? Yeah, man. Uh, so my only answer is Cheerios because uh, I was very much like a bagel or croissant guy and maybe a yogurt even growing like up. growing up the whole time, like you wouldn't have. Yeah, like, like we had cereal at the house. I just was never a big cereal. I'm not, I've never been a huge breakfast guy. You know, I start to get a bit of a growl around like eleven. So, uh, anyway, Ange. Uh, number three, I'm gonna go with the classic Honey Nut Cheerios. Uh, big fan of Honey Nut Cheerios. Uh, hey, fucking this guy. Number two, uh, Frosted Flakes. Always, always love the Frosted Flakes. Still uh, sneak a box once, once in a while. And all-time favorite cereal, without a doubt, Special K. Really? Special K. Love Special K. You, you're so full of shit. We know it's one of those chocolate fucking. What, Cocoa Puffs? No, no, no. Cocoa Puffs. Oh, since I, I can honestly say since I was a kid, like my dad's always eaten Special K and now he's upgraded to Special K with berries. He's a, he's a savant now. But wow. uh, it, it, always since I was a kid, I love Special K. Even like to this day. <laughs> I'll grab. Okay, it's the it's really the only cereal I can find also at the grocery store. So it's the one I go with all the time. This is uh, maybe it's because I'm still a bit jet lagged, but I I just think this episode is killing me today, man. And this conversation is just so fucking funny. Uh, all right, all right, boys. Well, uh, that wraps up this week's episode of the Foot and Crease Podcast. Uh, we'll be back in what two weeks, basically after the trade deadline, and. Uh, We'll delve in. We'll see if the Leafs make any moves if uh, Ben Sharoff fetches that first round pick, oh, and uh, <laughs> and everything else in between. So, uh, hey, Angelo, double or nothing. Double or nothing, first rounder. Double or nothing. Okay. Okay, because you owe me twenty. Yeah, I owe you right? twenty. All right. Double or nothing. Mm-hmm. That the Habs 
do not acquire a first rounder at this trade deadline. I'll take you up on it. I'll do it. A first rounder yeah. in this upcoming year's draft. This the twenty the twenty twenty two. It draft. can't be a twenty thirty first no, rounder no. conditional. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll take you. I'll take you up on that. I'll do it. Double or Double nothing. Double or nothing. Okay. Right. We'll see. Keep the tape. Cut the tape. <laughs> All righty. Well, thanks, fellas, and go get your Zeppelins before St. Joe's yeah. Day. Let's go. Hey. You know where to get them, LaRose Bakery. This week's episode of the Foot and Crease podcast is sponsored by LaRose Specialty Foods and Fine Italian Bakery in Milton. It's Zeppoli season, so for the best Zeppoli you will find, make sure to check out LaRose, 327 Bronte Street South. You can visit their website at larosebakery.com and check out their Instagram page at LaRose Milton. Milton.